Hey everyone, welcome to This Is Your Afterlife. I am Dave, the host of the show. If you've been listening this month, as the episodes come out in September of 2023, you know that I am not doing the normal interviews this month. I am releasing different experiments that I want to release in the lead up to my new one man show, Here to Make Friends, which is playing. September 28th, 29th, 30th, and October 1st at the Neo Futurist Theater in Chicago. It is my dream theater. The Neo Futurists themselves are my favorite form of entertainment on the planet. And the shows are 20 bucks. The first one on Thursday is a pay what you can. The Sunday is a 2 p.m. matinee show. So I'm hoping between all of those configurations, people will be able to see the show. And if there's any issue you have, please email me at thisisdavemar at gmail.com. I would love to make sure you can see it if you're able. Also, masks at KN95 or above level are going to be required and provided if you need one. So really trying to do that. There's a couple of other accessibility measures, especially COVID-related, that I'm looking to put in place. I can't meet every accessibility need. I wish I could, but I'm doing what I can, and we got to start somewhere. But what you're about to hear, so the show, Here to Make Friends, a reference to the common reality TV show phrase, I'm not here to make friends, is in part about Survivor, it's in part about COVID. It's in part about people and society and what we owe to each other. And it very much follows a conversation format, uh, at least in part. So if you like This Is Your Afterlife and you are able to get to Chicago during those dates, I think you will really like Here to Make Friends. One thing I want you to know is you do not need to know anything about the show Survivor to enjoy the show. And even though that is true, what you're about to hear is one of the episodes, there are five, of an aborted podcast that, that was conceived. We, we came up with several iterations of it uh, and finally recorded these five episodes and, and ditched it of a podcast called It's a Fucking Stick. You will, you're going to hear that now. It is co-hosted by myself and Ariel Elias. Ariel is a former guest of This Is Your Afterlife, multiple-time guest of This Is Your Afterlife, a good friend of mine. And it just, uh, through no lack of desire on our part, uh, we weren't able to keep doing the show. But I thought this five-episode little mini-series would be a good way, if you want to brush up any, brush up on any Survivor, uh, or, or learn anything about it. And really, it's not just like, we're not recapping the show. We're just talking about what it means to us. So if you want to listen to that in preparation for the show, please enjoy it. This is an episode of the show, which I will not number because this is going to be the same intro for every episode, but know that there are five. There is a link to buy tickets to Here to Make Friends in the show notes. And even if you aren't able to go to Here to Make Friends, even if you don't care about Survivor, I think you will still like this genuinely. I think it is that good. This, it's a fucking stick show. It was just, it's just a good time between two friends who really like each other. So I, Hope you enjoy it. Come see my show if you can. Keep listening to the podcast, and we'll be back in regular show mode in October. And I will talk to you again soon. Welcome to It's a Fucking Stick, a podcast about Survivor and about life. We use Survivor moments to use as a jumping off point. Uh, I am Ariel Elias. I'm a comedian. And, and I'm Dave Marr. 
and I'm a comedian. Wait, were you going to say something else about yourself? No, I was going to I was going to try to like pivot it over to you a little bit. Mm, mm, mm. I jumped. I'm I'm sorry. No, I love it. You I left you a little platform. Yes. And you hopped right, right on like Mario. Wait, oh, like I thought Mario was a survivor player <laughs> from this season. You're like, no, like, has there ever been a Mario? player named Mario? No, I don't think there who has. Was the why? Why am I thinking of the one guy who fainted during the challenge? Um, he like hit his head on something, or he had like heat stroke or something. I don't think his name was Mario. I don't know what season. Uh, late God, this is so vague. It was like later. Um, let's see, guy who fainted. <laughs> okay, well, while while <laughs> while Dave is looking that up, this episode we're talking about um, season six, the Amazon episode seven, getting naked for peanut butter. Which, like, if you have watched Survivor, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, if you haven't watched Survivor. Thanks for listening to this anyway. That's pretty cool of you. Yeah, very cool. And the did you say that the episode title was Girls Gone Wilder? I haven't. Okay, okay. Because you said getting naked for peanut butter, which if we were to um, retitle the episode would be a much better title than Girls Gone Wilder. Yeah, or like it's also funny that Girls Gone – so. Girls Gone Wilder, it's like, well, they didn't go wilder than the women in Girls Gone Wild. Yeah, that's why I was like fairly tame. And the quote was like, we're survivors, Girls Gone Wild. Yes. So why? Yeah. I don't know. I wonder if there was a like, uh, not copyright issue, but where they like couldn't say i don't know it's very weird it should yeah it should have been like survivor girls gone wild um or girls gone um wild for peanut butter i don't really know i my brain's not working i've watched so much of the u.s open the last week and i think my brain is just like done Mm. From just watching tennis. No, there's another week and I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it all. Um, Okay. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not existing in this world right now. I'm trying too hard. Fat guy who fainted on survivor. I can't find it. Are you thinking of fainted on survivor? Is it the season? The like brain, is it the season with Mark, the chicken with, um, no, no, I don't think so. It's, it's a guy who had a name, as someone else on the show. And he's like a big chunky, like New York, like Italian-y type guy. And in my mind, his name could have been Mario. Oh, is it the season with Russell, with the Russells? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Maybe. I remember. I don't don't remember his name. It doesn't matter, but he like kind of has a heart attack. Um. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yes. That is what it is. Um, I will say watching this episode made me remember how much, how great this season is. I love this season so much. Really? I did not like this season when I watched it, but I did like certain people more this time than I remembered liking them initially. For, first, why didn't you like this season? There is a lot of sexism thought, in this season. It's crazy. Yeah. I thought the like, um, the concept, the battle of the sexist thing was really played out. Uh, not that it had been played out on the show, but just it was already like corny. Um, I didn't find a like a lot of likable characters. I, mm. I just was like, I'm I'm trying to think about anyone that I really I that's it. I really didn't have any single player who I loved. I thought Jenna, I don't know what I would think of Jenna now, because as we've talked about rewatching has made me confront some of my like internalized misogyny, not internalized. It's not internalized if I'm not a woman, but some of my misogyny. Is that what it, is that what it has to be? I thought it was internalized. If it's, if it's just like, you don't even realize it's there, 
but maybe not. Yeah, like subconscious misogyny. Yeah, I guess, would okay, be, would be the thing. But I did. But I did think Jenna was really like annoying. I mean, in this episode, even though we're talking about Jenna and what Heidi, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that that moment. D- it's not that big in it's not even the main storyline. Yeah. So this moment, the reason I picked it, one, I just remembered it being kind of fun and goofy. And after last week's talking about Dan and and all the bullying and stuff and all the sexism, mm-hmm, I wanted mm-hmm. to come back to like a fun sexism, right? A like <laughs> <laughs> a lighthearted yeah. sexism. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um but it also, I remember it being like on all of these lists of like most shocking survivor moments mm-hmm. and like, you know, reality TV's biggest moments or whatever. Right. And right. it is funny that, you know, this stuck out in my mind. And as we just discussed, like the guy who had a heart attack, like we don't even remember his name. Uh, not that he full on had a heart attack, but he had a, like a heart episode and had to be evacuated. And like, yeah, I barely remember yeah. it. Right. Um, and so like Mario, his name is Mario. <laughs> so it, it does sort of, I don't know. I kind of just wanted to talk about it. I feel like it's this very like quintessential survivor moment. Yeah. I find that it exists like, well, we have we haven't talked about when uh, Kelly from season one basically coined the phrase "I'm not here to make friends," which is the fr- I we did decide like and research like that was the first time yeah. anyone on a reality TV show had said that. But in the show, it's one of these things where the moment itself when you watch it feels way smaller than mm-hmm. its actual um, importance. It's, it's, it's weight. But isn't that like most things culture? in life? Like anytime there's just like a montage or whatever of these, like, I don't know, in a, in a movie, anytime you just sort of like apply nostalgia to a memory, it becomes so much bigger than what it actually was in the moment. Yeah, Definitely. But so they wait, have we described the moment? We should do that. Oh, yes, absolutely. So the (laughs) moment is during the immunity challenge. It's one of those. There's only one challenge in this episode. Yeah, which is interesting. They Mm -hmm. it's one of the those challenges where they just have to like stand on a block of wood basically for as long as they possibly can. Mm -hmm. And Jeff in the middle of some water in the middle of some water of some caiman infested water. Um, Jeff will intermittently come out with like food to tempt them off of the wooden blocks. And 30 minutes in the first thing that Jeff, I don't, he, I guess he doesn't even bring it out. He just says like, I will be tempting you guys with food. And Jenna says, Mm -hmm. I would get naked. I will get naked for peanut butter and chocolate. Mm -hmm. And Heidi says, I would do that too. And so if you add cola. Oh, does she say that? Okay. Yeah. And Rob, which the, I wonder if she said like Coke at first and they're like, Hey, Heidi, <laughs> will you take that again? We got to go generic. <laughs> well, you'll notice when they bring out the chocolate, he says chocolate cookies and they're clearly Oreos. Yeah. 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 Um, Cause they're like, We're, we don't want to pay for this. <laughs> um, right. But, and Rob immediately goes, get these women some peanut butter and chocolate. <laughs> Um, so Jeff basically gets that, brings a a huge thing of peanut butter and Oreos and Coca-Cola and And by thing, you mean plate and the peanut butter is gloppily piled. It's so much peanut butter and it looks like diarrhea. Yeah, for sure. Peanut butter alone never looks good. Yeah. It needs to be, it needs to stay in the jar. It needs a, a, yes. It needs a form. Yeah. It's like the Spanx. (laughs) um so jenna and heidi then proceed to strip um Mm -hmm. and then they ooh la la wowie wow can you believe (laughs) these scrawny bones of people who've been out here for 19 days have <laughs> titties and vaginas. Oh, wowie, wow, wow, wow. And there's a moment of Butch just being like, I'm not looking. 
I'm not looking. Yeah. This and, old guy, right. Yeah. And Rob and Dave being like, we're looking. Right. Um, and and then they they jump off and they swim in and they enjoy their peanut butter and cookies. And they kind of they kind of jump off with their shorts around, <laughs> around their, their ankles, ankles which it's, is pretty funny. It could not be like a less attractive way. <laughs> yeah, it's not a sexy moment like at all. Yeah, that's a good point. Like like the first part there's also like I think like I I'm a woman, a, a hetero woman, so that maybe my um perspective is skewed i think it's always sexy like when a woman takes her top off and then just Mm -hmm. not when like nobody's sexy when they take their bottoms off right there's nothing last night i was getting ready for bed and i took off my i sometimes i take off my pants first and shaggy just looked at me like what are you doing You're just going to be Donald Duck over here? And I was like, yeah. well, I prefer Winnie the Pooh, but yeah. Right. Sometimes <laughs> it's nice. I don't know. It's uh, right. But it definitely is not. I mean, they're starving. They're which starving. Is the whole reason that they are doing that. And I'm not like, I mean, I guess I'm being judgmental. I'm not trying to like body shame them, but it's just like, yeah, it's just not a sexual moment. And the thing that got me is it's totally unnecessary. It's so the, unnecessary, the, right? They the, the, the whole thing with these temptations is Jeff comes out and whoever gives up doing the challenge gets the thing that Jeff's offering. You don't have to also debase yourself and and expose all your parts to America. Well, I mean, I don't know that, that they're debasing themselves. I think that's a little, I think it's unchristian. They (laughs) are. (laughs) Oh, have we not mentioned this is a Christian podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jesus is our Lord. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. 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 I've, I've always said I'm Jewish. I never said the second part of that sentence, but exactly. um, Exactly. No, you're right. You're right. I don't mean debasing themselves, but, but it, but it, I don't know. It it did feel weird to me and like a little bit gross. And and maybe Jenna was just saying that as an offhanded comment. And the producers are like, we have peanut butter. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> you know, or something. But and, – and maybe Jeff even already said before that like, well, we have peanut butter and cookies. And then Jenna said that. And, you know, this is where editing could really – mess with us but the i don't know just the fact that they added something extra and it was something salacious that <laughs> was clearly them uh, it, i don't know I, I don't know if i see them as the the manipulators or them as the manipulated or mm. if it's muddier than so all. okay a couple of things yeah one i do think it's this brilliant awareness on jenna and heidi's part to recognize we are making a TV show, right? Yes. If yes. we if we do this, we will be on screen, right? Like this will mm-hmm. like I think that they knew this will be a moment that will be talked about. Um, which yes, I think is smart. I think that's a sure. I think that's a totally. smart play. Um, yeah. two because so Rob on this season like also has a podcast, um, which I mean, I guess if you're into that kind of thing, you can listen to, <laughs> but he has talked about sort of like the background behind this. This was like a planned moment from Heidi and Jenna. They had pre-planned, like we will strip <laughs> for peanut butter. And part of that was they didn't want, if, if however many people jump off and give up in the challenge is how many people have to split the reward. So if they then add, we have, you have to strip and give up, then nobody else is going to also do that. And they don't have to split the reward with more than anybody, with anybody else. That was part of it. Um, The third part of it. And I don't know like how much of this was sort of like, their plan but Heidi and Jenna both did end up posing in Playboy after the season Mm. and I together and I I think so 
one source that I read said that Heidi basically, in, and this sort of talks about like the extremes that these players go through, but Heidi got a spider bite that left her paralyzed in the Amazon. Um, what? And During the show? At the end. And okay. ended up with parasites that led her into kidney failure. So, oh my God, she used the Playboy money to pay her medical bills, which is the most American sentence I've ever said. Oh, yeah, fuck. But, and I'm not saying like she knew that she would have these bills. And so she decided to do this, knowing that it would lead to play. But I think they did this, knowing that it would lead to more publicity after Survivor and yeah. extend like their potential earnings i want to hear jenna's voice say alpo's and playboy to get my worms removed (laughs) (laughs) it was heidi i know it was heidi but like just to hear the voice of someone being like uh i'll totally strip for peanut butter and chocolate except it's your fucking (laughs) i'll totally get naked for parasite removal yeah, I'll totally get <laughs> naked on an operating table <laughs> so oh my god that's bleak dude. it is bleak it is bleak right it's like the sh- it's crazy that the show doesn't pay for it's not like workers comp right it to- yeah it totally should be I think and the- I'm sure there's some shit built into their contracts about like you know, diseases suffered here. Which is wild. The survivor players need to unionize. <laughs> Yo, I mean, if if we were in like a just world, we would still have survivor, but it would just be well compensated, including damages such as parasites after the show. It is so crazy how little reality contestants get paid. Is it? I have no idea. It's well, for one, I mean, Survivor, the winner gets a million dollars, and that has not changed with inflation. It's it's been a million dollars since the year two thousand, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, Except for the one season, season forty, winners at war, which when it was two million. But then they should have just kept it at two million. Um, There's a comedian named Sarah Hartshorn who was on America's Next Top Model, and she talks she has like a great tiktok where she talks pretty extensively about that experience and like how little they were paid like they basically weren't paid anything and they had to there's this whole thing sarah's great sarah's like she was like a plus size model and they started criticizing her because she started losing weight and she was like i was losing weight because they weren't paying for our meals they gave us like, you know, like a $10 stipend and like that wasn't yeah. enough to eat. So like, of course I was losing weight. So it's like, and maybe it's different now. This was, you know, early 2000s, but I don't think it's that different. I think reality TV people get paid like whatever like the minimum is. Is it? Yeah. I really wonder about like, is is it? A, it, it can't be a sad job, right? I don't know. Show. Oh, that's, yeah, that's really intense. If you're listening and you've ever been on reality TV, email us um, at itsastickpod at gmail.com or tweet at us and tell us what they paid you. We want to know. Yeah, yeah. D- do that. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. the The lack of sexiness of it. Okay, so it's pre-planned. I mean, sex is like a theme throughout this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and a a big theme also is maybe not theme, but a a running uh, um, like method is Heidi and Jenna using their sex appeal to manipulate the guys. Right, 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 right. And Rob (laughs) mentioning like his plan is to like, get them in the top three it'd be him and Heidi and Jenna and they'll have a threesome on their last (laughs) night and that would be like a time you would never forget and I'm just like okay dude I I, I don't know none of the sex talk 
feels sexy in this Well, episode. especially, I mean, the worst moment is when Rob says, you know, they're all having beer. Oh, yeah. And Rob is basically just like, the women weren't drinking as much as I wanted them to because a guy who looks like me, you know, isn't going to get woman- women unless they're incredibly drunk, which yeah. is a very uncomfortable moment. Um, yeah. I'm, I would imagine he looks back on that and cringes also. Um, but boy, boy, is that 2004. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And also, this is not what's wrong with that. But it still is weird that he's not like hideous. It's like. Right. And he's like super funny. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know about super funny. He's like, he's kind of funny. <laughs> I think uh, he's very funny. <laughs> okay. Well, if you say so. What's but, the What's the thing he's saying about Roger? What's the singer's name? Hold on, I looked it up. Oh, yes. Um that okay, that actually was really funny. He said the only games Roger would win, the only like immunity challenges he would win are like name the uh Perry Perry Como song. Perry Como song or like what type of prune is this? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, what type of prune is this? That would also be a good episode title. What type of prune? I mean, it's so funny. Yeah, no, that is that is a genuinely good joke. I actually laughed out loud when I when I saw that. So it's a shame when he's like basically, you know, soft advocating for assaults when they, yeah. That conversation is the Coors Light of conversations. Like they're drinking Coors Light beer and it's just like <laughs> this is like th- this these conversations where Rob all, I mean it's kind of intense that that's the worst thing Rob says cuz he also says, you know, they're all comparing like what's the craziest place you've had sex and uh and Rob is just like you know, my, my sexual, my, I don't even have that many sex stories, let alone public sex stories usually involves me and some fat chick. And you're like, Uh, yeah, Oh, rough dude. Like, yeah. These women, you know? Yeah. Rob, Rob's views on women. I hope have evolved. (laughs) I I really hope. Yeah. Right, right, right. We can't just default assume they have. No, I'm not assuming they have. I am hoping sure. they have. We it's, can't default assume they haven't, but it is this this is a damning episode for Rob. Yeah, it's not great. It's there's so much I think this episode I was struck by how cocky everyone is. Um there's there's so much cockiness and arrogance. There's so much sexism. Um, it's, but I, but I still like loved it. There's also like a lot of survivor showing what I used to love, which is like a lot of the relationships between the players that Mm -hmm. I don't think they show Mm -hmm. as much anymore. Um, and like Christy's sex example of that. I mean, one bit great example is like the friendship between Heidi and Jenna. Like, yeah. Like they have like a beautiful friendship in this season. They sometimes use it apparently to like bully Christy a little bit, but yeah. um, or like the relationship between like Rob and Dina, where Dina's like Rob chose me. Yeah, 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 totally. But you were gonna say Christy's sexy. No, I, well, I mean, I do think Christy's super cute, but I was gonna say Christy's sex story is like <laughs> pretty fucking gnarly, dude. Fourth of July yeah. at the Washington Monument. That seems the the logistics of that. What, when, what time? Because how there must have been people around. Are you like under a blanket? Like, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how anybody does any of that stuff. I think okay. The thing I maybe I want to talk about is what's your take on. I think what makes so much of this episode unsexy to me is how public so much mm. of this stuff is. Once you're like talking about this and you're like doing these like sort of college style, like, 
party stories or it's just people exposing everything while standing on a plank in the middle of some fucking Amazonian river. It's just like, this is decontextualized. There's no like, and I don't even mean intimacy in a like making love way. It's just like, (laughs) there's nothing like, there's nothing like secret. There's nothing like close. There's nothing like that to me is sexy. Not just like, Here's a fucking tit. What do you think, boys? Okay, but what about when you were 22? Um, Because yeah. that's, like, essentially how old all of these people are. Not all of them, but, right. like, Jenna, Heidi, Christy, Rob, Dave. Like, they're all in their 20s. Alex. For sure. For sure. I mean, no, you're, you're, you're right. You're right. Because I... I if I'm so. thinking about like how I bonded with people in my early twenties, it was this kind of thing. It was like it was like sharing like what you thought were raunchy stories, right? It was like Right. It was like trying to brag about like the experiences you had under your belt, even though like half the time you were lying or exaggerating. Or like it wasn't that enjoyable and you just did it for the story. Uh, like there was yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah, that, yeah, yeah. which is what I imagine like Christy at the Washington Monument was, was just like, <laughs> yeah. this will be a fun story later. Like I can tell my friends about this. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's my experience with those things too. Yeah, totally. Um, Sometimes you're just like, I just want to check this off the list. I just want right. to say I've done this. And maybe that was part of the stripping too of just like, I just want to like say that I got naked for peanut butter. Or I just sure. want to like, I don't know. Again, I, I don't think their intentions were to like seduce the guys with this move. I think no, the intention no, was to like not. make sure they had a couple of career options or not career, but like mm-hmm. financial options after the show wrapped. That's really interesting. Do you think it's financial or do you think it was as much about like clout or fame? I don't know. That's a good question. I think I think it's a, I think it's really hard for me to say what their like what their intentions were exactly, like what their mm-hmm. full motivations were. Um I don't know. What do you think? Um, I, th- I mean, they're obviously wrapped up. Like, if you're making a name for yourself, that translates to opportunities. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm still stuck on how, like, little this moment is watching it versus how big it looms in retrospect. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting point. We do sort of cherry pick these moments to be like, this was the biggest moment in television, especially this era, you know, because mm-hmm. shortly after mm-hmm. is like when Buzzfeed appears and you get all these listicles, like we enter the age right. of listicles and it does become these sort of like moments that we can quantify. Yeah, well, and I guess what's also interesting, okay, this idea of like doing it to check it off a list. To what's the fucking point of that? If you're not if it's not enjoyable, it doesn't even start enjoyable. There's nothing about it like why have an experience if no part of it is actually nice interesting whatever you could just lie why not just lie about saying you've done it are you talking about this instance in particular or just in general just in general like you know the idea of like i mean i've definitely done things you're like oh i'm gonna like have sex in my office after hours and it's just like 
Well, that was. Is this why you're unpleasant. having a hard time finding a job? <laughs> <laughs> wow, low blow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I knew. I knew I shouldn't have gone specific, first. <laughs> but yeah, just like why do these things if they're not going to? I don't know. Th- this is me getting global and existential. Yeah, do it. it. Is 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 just like what's the point of doing something if if it's just for the story? And how good of a story is it actually if you didn't actually live it? Yeah, and are you a good enough storyteller to tell the story? Because Dave tells some story about a threesome that is like very difficult to listen to because he's so bad at telling the story. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were talking about me for a second. I'm like, no, okay, sorry, no, going? you're perfect. Um, you're a great storyteller. <laughs> you can tell me yeah. about any threesome. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What did he? Yeah, what did he really say? I don't even remember it. I don't know. They cut him off. It's clear that it was going on for a while. Right, right, um, right, right. And it's also when they cut away to Rob just being like, I realize I don't like Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it also makes me think of either times in my life, because I'm not immune to doing this. I'm questioning myself as much as anything. Times in my life, or you hear about people who do something with the express goal of turning it into art or content of some sort. Mm. Super Size Me is a great example, right? I'm going to eat McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to eat McDonald's for 30 days, you know, and obviously he has all these other like points with it, but it's just like, oh, okay. Like, I, I don't know. There's something that feels cheap to me, especially with like comedians or when you're like in acting classes, teachers are always like, you got to live life to have a life worth commenting. <laughs> but that's such a catch 22 because then it's like, well, if I'm only living my life to comment on it, then mm. how much am I actually living it in the first place? That's what I've been trying to get to. That's a, I mean, that, I think that's a great question. I think that's like a, a really philosophical, difficult question to answer because you're you're asking people to live in the moment so that later on they can reflect. But if you're, <laughs> but how can you be in the moment if your goal is to later on reflect? For sure. For sure. That's and there's all question. these stories of like, um, I think about that, like there was some profile of Obama that he's like. Barack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. There's some profile of Barack where it was talking about how he has like a right. He's like a writer at heart yeah. because there's, it's clear that some part of him is like removed from an experience as he's experiencing it. Mm. And I also think about, um, there's like this dichotomy for me. Have you ever read on the road? No, I've read like excerpts. Sure. I've never totally. read it. But the Jack Kerouac character is called Sal Paradise, uh, who's the narrator of the book. And then Dean Moriarty, God, I'm forgetting the name of the dude who Dean Moriarty is based on. Don't crucify me, fucking beat beat generation fans who love it. It's a fucking stick. But uh, but so Dean Moriarty is the one like living all the adventures. And Sal is just like commenting on them. And that exists as this dichotomy in my mm. mind of like, there's the like liver and then there's the documentary. Mm. Um, That's like, if someone's just a fabulist, if someone just makes stories up, you wouldn't think they'd be able to do that convincingly for very long if they hadn't actually lived some life. Yeah. It reminds me too, in Judaism, there's like, we have the Old Testament, right? And I think a lot of people just think like that's it. But then there's also, I'm probably going to mess this up. There's the Talmud and then the Mishnah. And I can't remember which is which, but one is the commentary on the Old Testament. And mm. the other one is the commentary on the commentary of the Old Testament. Whoa. So there's, yeah. And that's, those are like our main like texts. 
that rules. Doesn't wow, it? I love that. And it's the perfect level of meta too because the joke would be like, what about the commentary and the commentary and the commentary? But it's like, no, there is value in critiquing the critique. Right. Sure. There's the first group of people who wrote the Old Testament. And then later mm-hmm. on, there's like a group of rabbis who looked at that and they were like, okay, well, what did they mean by that? Right. Like, let's really, let's really pick apart this. And then there's another fr- future generation that's like, well, what did that group mean by <laughs> by this? Yeah, and like, yeah. were they right? Do we still agree with this interpretation? Like, da da da. Mm-hmm. Um, so I. And then for you as a Jew for Jesus, there's the New Testament, yes, which of is course. ultimately what you believe in. Yes. Jesus is our Lord and Savior, but also like mm-hmm. Shabbat. It's fun. Um, yeah. Take a rest on Friday night. Yeah. So it's, but it's interesting. Like, I think there's this thing ingrained in us as human beings, not just as, not just like for Jews, but, but like as people to sort of like always have like a little narration of like, it's really hard to be in the moment. It's really hard to do something just for the sake of like living it. Right. It's, I think it's our nature to, because we're storytellers, um, because that's like a human instinct is to create a story Mm-hmm. is to as you're living something be like well how is this going to play for sure absolutely and that's why there's actually maybe this will be a moment we talk about at some point but i forget what even season it's on but uh maybe it's malcolm's first season uh, but jonathan penner is talking to what's her name who was on the tv show uh, mm-hmm. and he's like there's like a moment where he's like talking uh to her and he's like listen if you do this america is going to think that you are this and this and 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 it's the only time anyone's ever done that i thought he was changing the game for good by doing that because that to me is brilliant is to be like listen the percentage of people who win is very small but the thing about this is coming back or the thing about this is spinning it into x and y and that feels really smart to me it's like taking it beyond the game. Um, Well, and it's thinking about like, what do you actually want out of this experience? Right. mm -hmm. Of course. Sure. You want a minute when a million dollars, that's probably not going to happen. What do you want? That's in your control. Right. 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 Totally. Yeah. The million dollars is like SNL for them or something like that. It's like, okay, you're not going to get SNL. Can you tour funny bones for the rest of your life, you know? Um, I will be at the St. Louis funny bone this weekend uh, with probably a month ago for whoever's listening to this. But I guess that is also, now that I'm thinking about it, what I don't love about this season, because it's like battle of the sexes, guy tribe, girl tribe, you know, but it feels like a story that whenever anyone is living in it, like whenever they're telling the story, whenever they're showing clips, it very rarely rings true to me. Hmm. When when they're showing like Battle of the Sexes moments, it only feels like it's living up to the theme of the season. Very rarely. And in this episode, there is like the the shelter uh, discrepancy between Roger and yeah. is it Dina? Yeah. Yeah. So they're like fighting and she's talking about woman's work and he's talking about man's work, but I'm just like, maybe I'm naive, but I'm just like, do people really think like this? Cause this feels fucking, like I said, played out. It it doesn't, it doesn't feel like an authentic story to me. And so so the whole like concept of the season feels like an empty one. So look, I think there's a combination of things. I think you're right. I don't think people are just like in their everyday lives, even at this point in time, thinking constantly like women are weak, men are strong. Like, I don't think that's a present thought for a lot of people. I think they knew what they wanted the theme to be. The editors knew what they wanted the theme to be for the season. They chose people who probably leaned one way or another and basically gave them permission to talk about that a lot, right? Like these are these people's real thoughts and real statements, but it's not as if that's like 
like Roger's not going around every day in his life saying like women are weak and shouldn't be doing this stuff. And Dina's not going around in her everyday life saying like women are smarter and women are strong, like better than men, you know, like, I mean, they might be the two of them <laughs> seem like they could be. No, I think they've been life. given this permission structure, this, this, mm-hmm. this context to be like, this is what this season is about. And they're probably being asked a lot of questions by the producers that lend these answers because that's what the season's about. Right. That's true. So I think like, I don't know. I think it's really interesting. Spo- I mean, huge spoiler, but you know, Jenna ends up winning this season and partly because she was young I think a lot of the female winners in Survivor get trashed in a way that the male survivors don't. I think there's a lot more questioning mm-hmm. of did they deserve it? Did they deserve to win? Yeah. In a way that male survivors never get. And I think like if two men had gotten naked for peanut butter, we would just be laughing and be like, that's so right. funny that they did that. But because right. two women and like, two like conventionally attractive women got mm-hmm. naked for peanut butter it became like the biggest moment in reality television right 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 like tyson was walking around his season half the time in like a speedo and like would get naked for for like shits and giggles and we like hardly remember it well and in season 1 when R- richard hatch is rock- right. walking around naked that is interesting because he's gay and his yes. his nudity is seen as part whether I, I mean certainly by some of the players and i think the producers and editors lend to this interpretation where his nudity is seen as part of his like lascivious yes his wheeling lifestyle right. exactly exactly it's an interesting question of like if if hatch was straight how much of his nudity would have been on screen, would have been an issue, would have been made fun of, would have whatever. Or maybe it's the fact that he's so nonchalant about it. Because when Tyson does it, he's drawing attention to himself and Mm. being like goofy. And when Heidi and Jenna do it, they're also kind of being goofy in their own way. Mm -hmm. And Richard, I don't know how much I believed him when he was – when he was like, oh, it's no big deal, blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> he at sure. least did pay lip service to that. And maybe that's what unsettled people in his case was just like – because if there was a straight dude who was who was just totally walking around naked the whole time and was like, what? It's just the human body. I think people would find that weird. Not with the yeah. same like tone, but I think people would find that weird too. Yeah. Yeah, the nudity has context. Hey, man. Well said. <laughs> nudity has context. Nudity has context. Yeah, it's, um. I don't know, it reminded me too. I remember like maybe, so I've been going through um, on my Facebook each day, I'll like hit um, the memories button just to see if there's like any old like material stuff. Like of like, did I like write a status mm. of like, And then I'm just like, oh, this actually is like a funny bit that I like sort of know, like I have a place for it now. So I just kind of like go through that each day. And I found this list that I had made like very tongue in cheek. Um, Maybe this was like five or six years ago when there was, this has always been a debate and I'm like a stupid debate. One that like isn't even, it's, it's a false premise, but basically just this idea of like, are women even funny? <laughs> like, can women right. can women even be funny? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a time where I was thinking a lot about like what what does it? And I guess this is like still a big theme in my stand up, but sort of just like what does it mean to be like a woman in this industry? And like what are the expectations from us? Um, and it's a lot of stuff of like damned if you do and damned if you don't, right? Like, sure. Like Heidi and Jenna, I think are like fucked if they don't try to use their sex appeal and they're fucked if they do right it's like that's what guys see them as 
That's what they will see as their benefit. So like, why shouldn't they use it to manipulate them? Sure. Totally. So it was a lot of like the stuff on my list was a lot of just like, you know, it was like, don't fuck the other comics because then you'll just like be seen as like that, but also like make sure you seem available. (laughs) Um, Like that kind of thing. Um, Yeah. It's, I don't know. I think, I think this moment like lends itself to a lot of like, what are the thinking about what are the double standards we have? Yeah, for sure. And this whole season does that, right? Like that's, I think that's sort of the point of the season of battle of the sexes is like, Hmm. But you think it does it well, because what I'm hearing you argue kind of is that just by even trying to tell a battle of the sexes story, they succeed in making it interesting enough for the debate to happen. But I guess what I'm saying is it still feels like a pretty rudimentary debate. And I guess to me, you're making it interesting by talking about, uh, talking about it in a meta way, you know, you're, you're the mission, the commentary on the commentary. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And, and you're saying like, okay, but how are they portrayed and this and that? But I think Survivor kind of wants to be like, well, should women be allowed to build the shelter? Yes, I think you're right. Um, I think that is, at that time, like that was the extent to which the editors and producers were like capable of thinking about this and posing the question in that way. But once you release it, you know, we get to do whatever we want with it. That's art, baby. Well, right. But it also is making me realize that it's interesting if you're interesting. So it's like, even mm. though Survivor, and not to give us too much credit, but to give us some let's, credit. Let's give a little credit. Give a little credit. The, you know, Survivor may be doing a kind of like Neanderthal dumb guy thing here. But by being interesting, we are asking more interesting questions than the season is. And I think that might also be the answer to the living the experience versus commenting on the experience thing is you're going to have interesting things to say about the experience, no matter what, Mm. if you're an interesting person. Mm. Wow. We are, I mean, (laughs) we are really interesting. I think you did. Okay. I think you got there. We also have the benefit of like all of this hindsight of sort of like knowing what happened after this season. Right. 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 I mean, certainly their, their gambit of like becoming famous didn't pay off that well. Like if, if it had really <laughs> paid off, they would be in like a fucking Kardashian or at least Paris Hilton situation. Assuming that's what they wanted though. Like that, if that's what you want, you have to be so intentional to get that famous. For sure. For sure. So like, like I did real minimal research because that's not what this version of this podcast is. Yeah, Yeah. But like, it seems like Heidi is just like, she married a baseball player. They like, seem to live a really lovely life they have a few kids they like have one adopted kid yeah um i forget his name but they like they seem to be like really into like charity stuff hamill's wife yeah interesting you know they like bought some land and then ended up like donating it to some you know like she seems like pretty content living like a quieter life where she's not the star she's like married to the star Hmm. Yeah, that's fair. I would love. I mean, Heidi unfortunately did not have a survivor questionnaire, which is another thing that makes me think that she doesn't want to be in the limelight at all. Um, <clears throat> but I would love to see them come back and play again. Well, Jenna did come back and play. She did come back. Yeah. So Jenna in came such, back in a very intense for her storyline of that yeah. season. Jenna came back for All Stars and was it 10 days in 
just got this feeling because her mom had been sick and was like, I need to go home. And then she got home just in time to be there at her mom's bedside when she died, which is like pretty heartbreaking and also like beautiful. Yeah. But that's a moment that we're not not dissecting. No. (laughs) But I will say, because I was like, I was curious about it. I'm like, Cole Hamels, her husband was like a legit, like not just like a, not just like, a baseball player. He was a really fucking good pitcher for a pretty long time. And there's an article from 2014. That's more like pitching it to him, but they're saying he should try to become a Republican congressman. (sighs) And I don't think they would say that if he didn't have any sort of leanings like that. So I'm not going to go, I'm not going (laughs) to ride too hard for the Hamels Heidi partnership, but did he Your say yes? The limelight is still fair. No, he didn't. And I, I mean, like, it's still not great, but 2014 Republican, very different from 2022 Republican. Uh, yeah, but that's only two years away from 2016. It's not, sure, sure, it's sure. not great. I'd you know? love to know who he voted for. I, 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 I would be pretty, I feel like I would be pretty confident. I mean, most baseball players. I don't have yeah. great politics. I know. You know baseball is like an oddly like very conservative sport. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Tennis can be too. I've been watching so much tennis. There's one I, that makes sense. It feels like a very white sport. It used to be. It's much much less now, especially the American women. The American women are um, incredibly diverse, okay. um, and the. But there's a there's an American man. His I'll just tell you his name, and then you tell me. His name is Jensen Brooksby. Yikes! <laughs> yeah, 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 yikes! Yeah, wow. yeah. And he's from 2022, or yeah. they got like a time machine of some sort. <laughs> I'm also re- right now. I'm reading Bonfire of the Vanities. Um, is there a lot of tennis in Bonfire of the Vanities? No, there's a lot of waspy, like, oh, okay. rich. Sure, it's sure, also sure. sort of like a critique on racism in New York in the 80s. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So um, so that's on the forefront of my mind right now. Yeah. It's also a book that only has pathetic male characters, and every woman is incredibly one-dimensional, and I f- don't love it. I don't love this book. Wait, so... The women are one dimensional and the men are pathetic, but three dimensional. Yeah. The men are all just like, these just like sad men and every woman in their life is just like a nag and like a problem for them. And then you never get like a woman's perspective. Huh? Well, yeah. It's Survivor Amazon improved on that. <laughs> Do better, Tom Wolf. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I feel like we've we've if we're branching into tennis and Tom Wolf, I think we've hit our hit our limit of what we've got to say about. Is there a? Let me ask you this: Is there a food that you would get naked for? I was thinking about that, Um, and and I don't know if there was a food, but the thing that I was like, what I would get naked for on television Mm -hmm. is a lifetime supply of free insulin. Which is maybe the new most American sentence um, on this episode of the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, dude. But Um, if I have the insulin, I can eat whatever food I want. So (laughs) it it goes both ways. Guys, Venmo Dave Marr at (laughs) Dave dash Marr dash one. (laughs) What's um? What's yours? That's so funny. I mean, like, mine would be like a grilled cheese with like three different types of cheese. That's that's, that's like my comfort food. I fucking love a grilled cheese. I mean, for sure, but I don't know. Like, I guess you can't. You got to factor in the like starvation. Yeah, I also like really like season. being naked, and I'm pretty comfortable in my body. So I'll just be okay. naked. Well, cool. Congratulations. Especially if it's know. like the week before my period, my tits get huge. Okay. Okay. And you're just like you're just like free bleeding. I just want to like national television. Show the world what she can do. 
I love it. You've got just like two bars and then this other bar like as like blood is like running down your leg <laughs> that they have to like start like pixelating. That would be yo, that would be a fucking moment where they're like when when Ariel like had free blood free blood that would be <laughs> yo that would be an alt i would be like you have to see this show this yeah is, that's a shocking moment on reality tv right let us in this room let us in the producer's room we will pitch we will like we'll keep track of people's cycles we know the government is doing that already we'll keep track of people's cycles before they get to fiji we'll make sure they all sync up. There'll be a blood ritual. It'll, it'll convert. I'll be it'll on the chopping the block. Earth. I'll be like, guys, you can't vote me off that. You can vote me off next week, but in three to four days, you're going to want me here. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To the producers. Everyone's like, why do what? you mean this? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, well <laughs> thanks for listening to it's a fucking stick. Uh, come back next week. I'm I'm everywhere at this is Dave Marr, including thisisdavemar.com. You can sign up for my newsletter or listen to my podcast. This is your afterlife. What about I'm, you? I'm everywhere at Ariel underscore comedy. It's A R I E L. And uh yeah, you can go to my website, arieliascomedy.com and see if I will be in a city near you. Sick. Cool. Bye. Bye.